Welcome back to our ongoing adventure with The Last of Us 2 that we are calling The Journey Series. On the fourth leg of our journey, we are covering the game from the start of the tracking lesson up until the start of day three in Seattle. A word of caution, spoilers are ahead, so please proceed with risk, sit back, relax, and enjoy. At the start of the tracking lesson, I am angered and confused about what has just transpired at the theater. How long must this cycle continue? But by the end of the tracking lesson, I've come to understand just how wrong I may have been up until this point. The original Last of Us didn't make Joel and Ellie out to be heroes or even good people, but in this new world that they live in, is being decent just good enough? Now, saving Ellie at the end of The Last of Us was not something that sat well with all gamers as it forced you to ask yourself, what are you willing to pay? Joel had already lost his daughter Sarah and he understands how badly that pain sits with you year after year. I don't know what I would do and if I would have the courage and strength to make a decision any differently than Joel, but based on his experience in this world, he was unable to save his daughter the first time and that is likely a scenario that has played repeatedly in his mind ever since. Joel had been forced to live with that pain for over a decade and he finally has a chance to do something different this time. Human beings are just a result of all of our experiences. It is here in the zoo during Abby's tracking lesson that we meet her father, Jerry, and we learn about what a beautiful mind he seems like. A man who is trying to do the best that he can do every day, whether that be teaching his daughter about survival, helping wildlife, even if it interferes with his duty, and trying to create a vaccine to save the world. Now, our world comes crashing down when we realize exactly who Jerry is and what his role is in this universe. Back at St. Mary's, Abby overhears her dad having a conversation with Marlene and there was a very clear silence when asked if he would operate if it was his daughter that had a cure in her brain. Now as strong as he is, there is a hard line to cross when it involves harming the ones that you love and even harder when it's your own child. Abby voices her opinion that she would want them to operate if it was her choice. Now this is not the kind of easily made decision that doesn't happen without being instilled with the right moral compass from your father. However, I am still unsure if this procedure would have even worked with Ellie. If they can properly operate, then there's still the logistics of producing this vaccine in a world that has mostly been shut off from power and essentials. If that hurdle wasn't enough, then there's just the most basic necessity of survival. And we have seen numerous times just how the evil the world can be when the slightest wrench is thrown into the gears. Now, if somehow word gets out about the cure, odds are someone will get greedy and want power and fame for themselves and in the process doom mankind all over again. Throughout the first half of The Last of Us 2, the only information that we have regarding the WLF has been skewed towards a negative light. First, they tracked and attacked us in Jackson, and all throughout Seattle, all we've been reading is notes about how bad they seem. However, as we get a closer look at life inside the WLF, there seems to be a decent chance that we are wrong. They have created an ecosystem within Seattle of raising animals, growing crops, and even implemented an educational system. We've also learned that they had a truce with the scars that was broken by the scars, and all the information that we are now getting leads us to believe that the WLF are trying to reestablish society as best they can, but unfortunately, there's a shadow that still looms overhead. There have been plenty of notes found along the journey depicting Isaac, the leader of the WLF, to be unhinged, and we have yet to meet this man, but there is a feeling that his motives aren't pure. When I first picked up the controller to play The Last of Us 2, I was aware that I was about to embark on a darker journey, as Neil Druckmann said, if the first game was about love, then the second one is about hate. 
and it was pretty clear that Ellie would experience a loss that would set this whole story in motion. I was interested to go along with Ellie and find out at what point she would find redemption or be satisfied on her quest for revenge, and at first, I was even anticipating getting justice for Ellie and by proxy myself, but the further I go down the rabbit hole, the less I am sure of what the end result should be. Learning both sides of the story and the road that we are currently on, I am not sure where I stand anymore as the game is constantly giving you conflicting information and this is exactly what the writers at Naughty Dog have always tried to do as they try to subvert expectations. They didn't want you to know who the good people are and who the bad people are. Perspective is everything and at times we are only shown one side of things. I'm pretty sure that there will be no happy outcome for anyone in this situation as I can't see any outcome where people walk away satisfied. I have come to the conclusion that Ellie has already died in the chalet along with Joel. The amount of hurt that one person can take has a limit and I think there is a good chance that there is no coming back for Ellie. Whereas once she was a beacon of light and hope in this dark world, she now seems like a dark black hole that is going to consume everything around it until there is nothing left. And we've already seen this have a large role in the people around her at the theater. The amount of people that Ellie has lost at such a young age is enough to break anyone, let alone someone her age. She is not the same person anymore. I think at this point, the only chance for redemption is to sacrifice herself for the greater good of humanity if there is even a chance that a specialist exists that can still do this procedure. We finally get our first look at Isaac, the leader of the WLF, and at this point, we've only read about him in notes that have been scattered across Seattle during our journey, and these notes do not paint a nice picture of who he is. Our first glimpse into his life continues to solidify the notion that Isaac is not a good person, and it seems that many of the WLF are actually not as good as we may have initially thought. It appears that the WLF have a detention camp where they've been torturing people, which I can most likely assume are Seraphites. We immediately learn of his plan to try and eliminate the Seraphites completely during a thunderstorm on day 3 in Seattle, the same night of the storm that Ellie went to the aquarium and the same night that Abby tracked down the group back to the theater. Now if Abby is back at the theater during the thunderstorm then this means that she did not follow her orders from Isaac and he mentioned how crucial of a role she was going to play in the invasion and if there's anything that we've learned from The Last of Us it's that people close to her are going to suffer for her thirst for revenge. Now Abby gets word that Owen someone who she has strong feelings for has possibly let a Seraphite go but Abby doesn't believe what she's hearing and knows that she can sneak out and get to Owen first to find the truth. When plans go awry with Abby, she is captured by the Scars during the scene that we were shown without context years ago, I think at PSX. Abby is seconds away from being disemboweled when other members of Scars return with more important cargo, which actually turns out to be another member of the Scars by the sounds of it. Now, with the aid of Yara and Lev, the two outcast Seraphites, Abby is spared from certain death by hanging, and in a bright glimpse of the good of humanity, we see these people work together for the survival of the three of them. Yara and Lev could have left Abby hanging by the noose and Abby could have killed the two of them as soon as she was cut down. There is a certain amount of decency and trust within these three people for this plan to work and once they feel like they are safe they find shelter for the night and once again we see Abby take care of these two strangers as she helps set a broken arm for one of them and warns them that they are unsafe to stay for long. For reasons unknown at the moment there has clearly been some type of divide between Lev, Yara and the rest of the Seraphites for them to do such unthinkable things to Lev by smashing her arm with a hammer. I'm interested to know where this thread will go as it's very unlikely 
likely that Naughty Dog will have created these characters for us to care about just to have them be an insignificant part of the story. Abby finally reaches the aquarium to find Owen at the end of his rope with the WLF and being their errand boy. Once again, in true Naughty Dog style, we are given conflicting information for whether or not Owen is a good person. On one hand, we've seen in flashbacks that Owen seems to be a good-hearted individual and he has feelings for Abby and he tries to show her a good time at the aquarium after the loss of her father. However, this show of love goes unrequited as Abby is more focused on finding Joel and getting revenge for her father. How much different would things be for a lot of these people if Abby would have just chosen love over hate? Years pass as we learn more about these ex-Fireflies, Abby and Owen, which is just another indication that these were, at least at one time, good people who wanted to help get humanity back on its feet. Owen has moved on and is now with Mel, who I assume is pregnant with his baby. Now, I may have missed it, but I don't think the game has outright said it. Now, Owen has created an escape from all this madness of the world at the aquarium with warmth and love, and based on the dart score, it's a secret getaway for him and Mel. And finally, we also learn when Abby tracks him down against Isaac's orders that he did actually shoot the other member of his squad, but it was in self-defense. Owen came to the realization that hate is not the answer anymore, and he decided that the time with WLF was over. Word has spread that the Fireflies are reforming in California and Owen wants a better life. All of these reasons lead you to think that he is a good person and then we hear about his plan to go to California and leave Mel behind. Now assuming that the child is his, leaving the mother to raise the child alone is not the right thing to do and we also discover that Abby and Owen still have deep feelings for each other which escalate on the boat which once again is not the kind of behavior that you would expect from someone decent with a child on the way. As expected, Lev and Yara return to the main storyline as Abby has horrible visions at night and decides to try and help them no matter the cost. She risks her life numerous times and eventually becomes at odds with the WLF to try and help them. And I've been trying to figure out why Abby would go to these lengths to help these two Seraphites and I'm confident that Abby sees how important Yara is to Lev and understands how painful it is to lose someone so intimate in your life. Now subconsciously, she is probably trying to protect her from the hurt and pain that she is already experienced in her own life. There have been multiple times when there has been an extended focus on small aluminum boats, which I may be reading too much into, but I think the symbolism that Naughty Dog is trying to go for is that both Ellie and Abby are these small boats that are trying to stay afloat on the ocean, and in many writings, a boat can symbolize life and the journey that we go on. Sometimes it's smooth sailing, and sometimes those waters can be rough, but there is always the possibility that no matter how deep and dark the waters appear, the boat can still float above. The deeper you go into the water, the more the light is consumed until you are at the bottom and there is nothing left but infinite darkness. And it could be that, or it could be that Naughty Dog really likes their wave technology. On the more specific side, we see Abby attach her boat to Owen's sailboat back at the aquarium, which is bigger than just a coincidence. Since her father's death, Owen has basically been the only ray of light that she has had. He has been there for her with emotional support and he has been by her side on her quest for justice. We see Abby push away Owen multiple times and no matter how close they get, this is clearly Abby's defense mechanism to block people away from getting too close so she avoids getting hurt again. Deep down, this could have meant that Abby wanted to go to California with Owen to track down the fireflies. With Ellie, we've seen her boat flipped over in a terrible thunderstorm on the way to the aquarium and I think this is symbolic of how her emotions are after the chalet. She's unstable. We can assume that this boat capsizing shows us that Ellie is lost to the darkness. 
This is the end of the fourth leg of our journey. I hope to see you on the next and final journey with The Last of Us Part 2. Mm-hmm.